Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Amen. We thank you all for being here today. We honor you today. And um, if you don't have a home, I, I already feel that the Lord has already said this to your heart. Welcome home. Welcome home. So, so we welcome you to your house. Amen. Um, if you're taking notes, go ahead and, and take out your notebook and take out your journal. And uh, take out your Bible. Take out your pens and your highlighters if you want. And um, what I want to do is I want you to write on, and, and this is funny because I was able to share some of this yesterday with a, a team, and, and God just really moved it with a team that's going to be going to Honduras. And I told them, I said, you know, write this stuff down in a journal. And I said, man, I'm talking to you too. And you see some of the men like, I ain't writing nothing down in no journal. And I said, uh, yes, write down, uh, write down some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. So that way three years down the line when you open up this journal again, you could go back to some of the things you wrote and remember what God spoke to you. And it could be a remembrance to you and an encouragement to you. Uh, I'm not telling you God, men, it's, I don't know, I, I, some of you women don't like to write either. But I'm not telling you all to write like dear journal. But, but I'm telling you like write little statements every once in a while on a sheet of paper, on your Bible, on a notebook. That, that, that you know God is speaking to you so that way you could go back and revisit it. Amen? Amen? Today, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. The phrase, what I want to share with you today, it's, it's just two words. Well, it's really three words, but, but we're going to make it into two words today. And I want you to write this down and, and maybe even look at one another and share this phrase with each other. And it's, it's possible. It's possible. Look at someone and tell them it's possible. You'll be doing that a lot today because, because for some of us, some of us, it's really hard to believe that. That it's possible. It's possible. You know, there's some, in, some impossible things all over Scripture. Yeah. All over Scripture. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and God shows us that it's possible. I, I was able to share um, yesterday, uh, be careful because not everything, everything that you believe for necessarily, necessarily God's going to give you. Amen. Just because anything and everything is possible in God, it doesn't mean that anything and everything will be given by God. And that's a whole other preaching for a whole other day. But, but I really want to focus on this phrase, it's possible. You know, for many people, for many people, the impossible, it, it's, 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 a way of, it's a way of life. And, um, and I really believe this. I believe that it's a choice that we all make. We, we will decide in life, we will decide whether we will live believing that things are impossible or we will believe whether things are, are possible. Give me a second. The mic's not up here. Where's the mic? Any, oh, there it is. Um, so, so for some of us, it's, it's, it's the truth. Like we, we're gonna, we, we decide in our, in our life whether, whether it's, we're going to live in the impossible, we're gonna, whether we're going to live in, in the possible. And, and for some, when we talk about this word possible, it weighs too much. It, it weighs too much for us to, to believe that the impossible can become possible. So, so what happens is we, we make a life that is conformed in living, living in the impossible. So, so what I would like to do is, I, w- I would like to do this because I, I was going to sh- ask some people to share some testimonies and all that. But, but I know that in this group right here today, I know this for a fact, I know this, that there are, there are some people here that have been confronted with the impossible and God has shown how it is possible in him. Has anyone in here ever, ever confronted, has ever been confronted with the impossible and and God has shown you it's possible? And I see a lot of people just nodding their heads. That means you have a story to tell. That means that there's something in you that is stirring right now. But, but I believe this. You know, I believe that scripture says that, that the, one of the ways that the enemy right, is overcome is by the word of our testimony. Huh? Yes, well, what's beautiful about this is we could sit up here. We could preach the word of God. And it's powerful. And it's living. And it's all that stuff. I'm not, trust me, I'm not separating or, or running away from the word of God. But what's beautiful about this is that when a, a congregation, when brothers and sisters get together and we begin to give testimony testimony that is aligned with the truth of God's word and now that testimony is is the word of our testimony that gives power and truth to the word of God and we overcome all lies all the sea and every work of the enemy because we have the word of testimony in us how many of you have a word of testimony that that there's been an impossible but God has shown you hey there's a possibility in it 
So, so go ahead, sh- share one. What, 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 what is one of yours? Impossible. You want to say it out loud? He's right here. He's right here. Well, what happened to him? Yeah. He has been my rock apart from the Lord. Your son. He holds me. Um, and I had a very serious surgery in 2011 where they didn't think that I was going to make it. I mean, he would come to me and he would say, Mom, just repeat, I am alive. Mm. And if it wouldn't have been for that, for the Lord, I don't know how my life would have ended yeah. up. But it wasn't one doctor. It wasn't two doctors. It was three doctors that said it would never happen. But it's what? And I trusted the Lord and that it was possible. But it's possible. And the Lord told me that I would have a son through a word of a prophetic word through somebody at church. And when I, he said, you're going to have a son. And when I went for my first ultrasound, they told me that he was a girl. Which <laughs> 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 uh, I had chosen man. a name and everything. His name was supposed to be Christina Elise. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel is so much better on you. <laughs> Daniel is so much better <laughs> At the church. Good, good. So, so when they say, yeah, when that one, not two, but three doctors say you're not going to be able to have a child, God says it's what? It's possible. Who else has something real quick that said, tell me. I have a, a daughter that got burned when she was small. They want, they want you to say it in the mic. Are recording? I forgot I, that we were recording. I have a bo- a loud voice. Just like that. Um, so they told me on Friday, it was Friday, that she was intensive. And they clean, clean her and said, on Monday, we have to get some skin from, uh, from her. I think it's from her bud or something. And transfer to her uh, neck. Well, I don't know. I was a student. Uh, my family, uh, my husband and I were a student. I didn't have any money. So I asked the Lord, and that's how I, I got hooked with him all the time. That I said, I have no money. I am not going to, don't know what to do. They're going to do that. I'm going to pay. So I went on Monday, and during the weekend, I put, I don't know if you know A&D, cream that you put. So I put it on her. And then on Monday, they called me to take her, and they said, bring that lady here. And I said, okay, what happened? I was expecting the worst that I put the cream I shouldn't. He said, we don't have to do anything. What did you do to the girl? And I said, A-N-D. <laughs> but it was gone. Okay? Man, amen, amen, amen. We, we could grab impossible situations and, and we could testify how God has made a way possible. I, I mean, yesterday I was so blessed because I, I was sharing some of this stuff and, and there was a girl in there that was, that was struggling. She did chemo and she had cancer and she said, uh, uh, they, they, it wasn't looking good and I'm, I was on chemo but I'm cancer free today. And I said, and I said so, so you were diagnosed with cancer but today it's what? And, and it's possible. And, and whether someone was dying and, 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 and yet today it's possible. Whether someone has, has, has some sort of illness but yet it's possible. And, and I don't know what each one of us carries in our families and in our own personal lives. But I do know one thing for sure. That we serve a God that if we look closely in scripture, all throughout scripture, he is able to make all things that are impossible. He's able to make it possible for those that love him. And I know that. And, and maybe for some of us in here, we, we use this wordage too much. And, and maybe you could identify to some of this. I can. Watch this. Maybe you find yourself saying things like, I can't. I doubt it will, I doubt I can, I doubt it's going to happen, that will never happen in my dreams, I never have, I never will, I'm not ready, ever been there? You've ever said it's impossible? And we've said these things so many times and and we've believed these things for ourselves and and we live in this impossible realm that, well, it's never going to happen, it's already been like this for so many years, it's just impossible. But you know what, I I think about Exodus chapter 4. 
If you're taking notes, write that down because we, we see this played out between Moses and between God, be, between the, the one true God. And, 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 and as Moses and God are, are dialoguing in such dramatic and, and yet interesting fashion, verse 1 of Exodus 4 is, is so neat because Moses, it's time to go to Egypt now. Leave your uncle behind, leave Laban behind, and, and go to Egypt because I want to use you now to deliver my people. And God begins to give him this instruction of what he's to do. Look at verse 1 with me. Verse 1 says, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me? And what if they won't listen to me? What if they say the the Lord never appeared to you? What what does that sound like? It sounds like Moses is being confronted by God and and, and God is speaking to him. I want to use you. And and here's Moses. But, But what if it doesn't work out the way you're saying it? But what if they really don't believe me? To save time, I won't get into the, the, the next seven verses or whatnot. It's pretty cool. God tells him, what, drop your staff on the floor. He turns it into a snake. Pick it up again. It turns back into a staff. I still don't believe you. Cool. Put your hand in your cloak. Take it out. It's a leprous hand. Put it back in. Take it out again. It's healed again. You would think after such an encounter, all right, cool. I'm going to Egypt. I'm ready. So God shows him all this. And the Lord tells him in verse 8 and 9, he says, if they do not believe you, And are not convinced by the first miraculous sign. They'll be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you even after these two signs, then take some of the water from the Nile River, pour it on the dry ground. And when you do, the water from the Nile will turn into blood. That's pretty good. That's a good one right there. Because you see, you understand that in Egypt, the the great source of Egypt was water. They they needed water. Water was needed. And and that's why Egypt was so rich. Because they were reconnected with the Nile River. And it brought forth trade. And it brought forth food. And it brought forth so much. And now it's going to turn into blood. Okay? So so here's Moses being told all this. but, But then again, Moses reveals a life that has settled to live in the impossible. Look at verses 10 through 13. Look at Moses. After the Lord shows him all this, he says this. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. And he said, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. First, what happens if they don't believe me? Okay, what can I come up with next? Well, I'm not good with words. I got a speech problem, a speech impediment. I'm not very good with it. I never have been good. That, that's, that's the problem with a lot of us. We, we do. We, we come to serve God and we come and we're called by God. But the first thing in our minds is, I, it, I'm not worthy enough and I'm not good enough and I don't have it enough. And sometimes we look at the people that are ministering around us and, and they're more talented and they're greater and they're more anointed than me. And, and I don't know if I could do what they do. And, 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 we, and we give all these kinds of excuses. And, and here's Moses. And, and Moses is, is saying, he's like, I, I, you want me to speak to a king, but, but you know I'm not good with my words and you know I never have been good with my words you you know I got a problem getting my words out look what he says he says and I'm not now even though you've spoken to me I I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled man I could relate to him have a conversation with me I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled and and I'm just like all over the place sometimes but that's okay that's okay Moses then the Lord asks him he says this ready who makes a person's mouth My mouth doesn't function right. Well, who makes your mouth? My life doesn't seem right. Well, who gave you your life? Well, things are not in order the way I wanted them to be. Well, who placed all those things? Who made your mouth, Moses? Who gave you the mouth to speak with? And and who, who, who decides whether people speak or don't speak or hear or don't hear, see or do not see? And then he says, is it not I? The Lord now go, and, and I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what you say. But, but, but everyone say, again. again. Yeah, verse 13. But again, Moses comes back to him and says, Lord, please send anyone else. Are you guys seeing that? Anyone but me. I could relate to Moses. Anyone but me. I want to say so much, but but this does remind me of another man called Job. Job, after having a conversation with God, the Lord challenges Job after some, some questions and complaints that Job had towards God. So after God had answered all of Job's questions and complaints by asking him some questions that was impossible for Job or any other man to answer. 
I love that God does that. And we see Jesus does the same thing in the New Testament. Oh, you want me to answer your question? Watch this. Before I answer your question, answer this question. Hey, Job, I see that you're complaining and I see you have so many questions and I see your three best friends have just denied you and turned their back on you and cursed you. And I see your wife says for you to curse God and die. I see that everyone that you thought was your inner circle that were supposed to be there for you have actually betrayed you and they're not there for you. And you have all these complaints and you have all this bitterness and you have all this hatred and you have all this hurt and you have all these questions for me, Job. But have I, have I, can I ask you some questions? Sit down like a man, he tells him. Actually, he tells him, approach me like a man. And you answer me who tells the waves where to stop. And who tells, and he starts, bam, 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 bam. Who created all of this? Who, who commands all these things? And after this dialogue that Job has with him, he is convinced. He's convinced to the Lord, to, due to the Lord's knowledge and understanding. And he comes to this one conclusion. And it's Job chapter 42, and it's verse 2 and 3. Ready? Look what Job says. I know that you can do everything Man, am I foolish. God, I got a bone to pick with you, man. Guys, I know we've all been there. I know we've been there. I know someone next to you that you love very much is suffering. I know some of you in here are, are, are very well suffering. And I know that you have a bone to pick with God. I know that. I've had bones to pick with God. That's a beautiful thing. That means I'm in relationship with him. I've told God things. God, I'm praying to you, but, but I'm trying not to curse as I'm praying. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. Yeah. Because I feel this way deep down inside about certain things. I have, a, I have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with God. And Job comes to a place after his dialogue. He says, oh, man, after, after you've overwhelmed me with all these questions... Chapter 42, 2, he says, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. He says, you asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. One translation says it this way. I am convinced that you can do anything and everything, nothing, and no one can upset your plans. You ask, who is this by muddying the water, ignorantly confusing the issue, second-guessing my purposes? I admit it. I was the one. I babbled on about things far beyond me. Come on, Job's. Come on, Moses's. I babbled way too much. And then verse 4, he says, listen, please, and, and let me speak. You said I will question you, and you shall answer me. But I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. He, he comes to a place of humility. He comes to a place of brokenness. And, and I read Job, and I, and I read Moses, and this is common to us. We can relate to men like Moses and Job, whether you're a man or a woman in this room. I mean, I just gave you two examples because now we'll be here forever. But these kind of things are all over the word of God. All over the word of God. All over. But today we, we're picking on Job and we're picking on Moses and we can relate to individuals like them. But you see, this is what I wonder. I wonder if there's anyone that is tired of, of living what is common to you. And, and, and if you continue to live what is common to you, it is taking you away from the extraordinary that God has for you. I find myself, and I'm sure some of you do, going on and attacking it and taking it by storm. But then something lies to you. Something creeps into you. And next thing you know, you start to live in, and I'm gonna, I don't know, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to make up a word because it makes you smart, sound smart. But, but you start to live in the commonality of life. Like that word? The commonality of life. You live in what's common, and, and when I live in, 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 in the common things of, of this world and of the flesh and, and of my own thoughts, then, then I, I lose out on the extraordinary the Lord has. And, and, and I have a question, and I, and I hope this stirs your heart because I want to ask this because I am, and, and who's fed up? I'm fed up. 
I am fed up, and, and I pray that we're fed up, and I want to ask you who's fed up, and who's fed up with, with the impossible, because, because, because all over scripture, I believe that, that God wants to manifest and show his glory, but, but who's fed up with that it's impossible, and there's so many people in this room with so many different impossible things, and, and maybe, maybe you're here today, and you're saying things like, well, it's impossible, maybe it's impossible for me to graduate, and it's impossible for me to get married, and it's impossible to have children, it's impossible to get that job, it's impossible to be used by God, it's impossible to pray for someone it's impossible to speak to someone about Christ it's impossible for the sick to be healed for the blind to see for the dead to live again for the deaf to hear for the lost to be found it's impossible to be set free from constant addictions it's impossible to be liberated from this pattern of thinking and and I want to throw out there and I want to stir your heart and ask this question who's fed up with it's impossible it's impossible my life is is constantly battling my thoughts of it's impossible it's impossible it's impossible and I'm just gonna live in this it's impossible and and I'm at a place and and I want to get you to a place that we say Lord free me from it's impossible and give me the faith to believe that all things are possible get, free me and deliver me from impossible and let me believe that man things can be possible in you Lord teach me and show me what that means for me Teach me that, that, that things can be possible again at my house. Uh, teach me again that, that things can be possible again. And, and I love that someone would say something like, well, I was cancer-ridden and I was destroyed, but it is, it is possible and I'm cancer-free. And, and I love that someone said, well, I was about to get divorced and my marriage was crumbling and it was at its worst that it's ever been. But God intervened and did a miracle and it's possible. And today we're serving God together. I love those kind of stories. And I know some of you are like, well, I want a story like that, but, I, but I'm telling you to Keep on going and, and keep on with your faith. What do you want me to do? You want me to stand up here and say, just continue to where you're at and, and, and it's going to suck and, and you're not going to make it. No, I, I actually do believe that God has a plan, that, that God has a purpose, that God has a possibility in the places in which you feel is impossible. I've seen people broken and shredded and I see it from one moment to another that they become a new person. And I truly believe that the reason that that happens is because it's a supernatural work of God in the impossible to make their lives possible again. I've seen people from drug addictions be set free. I've seen gangsters and killers and murderers come to know Jesus and serve in this church as we speak today. I'm telling you today that it is. I want you to catch that revelation. It's possible for you. It's possible for you. It's possible for you possible. In Mark chapter 9 verses 14 through 23, Jesus is walking and and there's a large crowd surrounding him and some of the teachers of the religious law were arguing with him. Verse 15, Mark chapter 9. It says when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. I mean, you can imagine that. He's known. He's popular. And everyone sees Jesus. There's a big commotion. There's a big argument going on. And everyone sees Jesus. Everyone runs to him. It's him. It's him. He's here. I can't believe he showed up. Yeah. They all take out their phones. They're all taking pictures. They're all getting autographs. They're, they're all checking him out. They're all kind of getting a conversation with him. You could relate to this. And then in verse 16, Jesus looks at the whole crowd. And, 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 and there's some of the people that he knows in that crowd. Because in 16, he says, what is all of this arguing about? And one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so that you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. And he foams at the mouth and he grinds his teeth and he becomes rigid. So, so this is what happened, ready? So I asked your disciples, you know. I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. I, I want to stop there for a moment because... Because this is important because what's about to happen next. You see, this man has a dire need. This man is, is bringing forth his, his son. I can't think of anything worse than this. I mean, your own son, you want to see health for him, but, but he's broken by this evil spirit. And I bring him to these men of God, supposedly, that walk with God, that are in the teachings of Christ, and they're disciples of this rabbi, of this teacher, but, but they can't do it. So look at verse 19. Jesus says to them, you, you faithless you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. You know, I love that phrase because in that phrase right there, he's turning to his disciples and he's asking his disciples these questions and he's telling them these things and he's looking at them and he's saying to them, his very own disciples, you faithless people. How much longer? I got I to gotta go soon. He's looking at the disciples. 
I mean, I don't think that would make sense for a pastor to grab a staff of people or his leaders and, and bring them all into a circle and say, you stink at what you do. I don't think that's a good encouragement. I don't think that's a good push going forward. But Jesus looks at them and says, you faithless people. And Peter's like, not me, right? No, you too, Peter. You're faithless. Every single one of you. And, and I read this verse and I see this story and I say, man, this is the concern. This is the concern that Jesus had with the people. And, and specifically at this moment, this is the concern he has with his disciples. What's the concern? Faithless is the concern. And today I believe that Christ is confronting us if we're faithless. Come on, because I'm sure some of you battle with faith like, like I do. And the Lord confronts our faithless. And, and, and if we're part of the ones that say, well, well, that's impossible. Well, I can never. And I don't see it ever. Then, then God says, that's what I'm confronting today. I'm looking at the faithless. And, and that's, that's what I want to touch on. That's, that's what I want to attack. That's what I want to talk about. So verse 20, it says, they brought the boy to Jesus, right? But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, they threw the child into the violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground. Um, that's a cool word. Writhing? 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 Whatever. And foaming at the mouth. And 21, I told you, I have a, my, Lord, I can't talk or read. Uh, 21, how long, Jesus says, has this been happening? He tells the boy's father, and he replies, since he was a little boy. Verse 22, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. I can't no more. This is enough. Like, since he was a boy, right? He's telling him all the details now. He's giving him the whole medical bill. But look what he says here. It's trying to kill him. But look, look at next. Ready? Have mercy. Have mercy on me, Jesus. Have mercy on us. And, 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 and help us. If you can. See, I want you to see every word in this story. Because here is a man. And, and here it is. Here lies the problem with humanity. Here lies the problems even with believers. Here lies the problem with, with the disciples. Here lies the problems specifically with this, with this father whose, whose son is demon-possessed and he's presenting them to Jesus. We, we come to Jesus and, and we make our way to Jesus with the burden that's in our heart and we present it to him, uh, that thing which seems impossible. But many people come to Jesus and when we come to him and we present it, it's with an if-you-can kind of faith. He comes to Jesus with his son. He says, Lord, here's what's going on. Lord, here's what's bothering me. Lord, here's what's aching me. Have mercy. But if you can. But if you can. And, and, and right when, I could almost, I can't even imagine looking at Jesus right there when the man says that. Because Jesus' response right away is, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? You bring your son, you bring the demon possession, you, you bring the ailment, you, you bring the sickness, you, you bring what, what, what burdens and, and what's aching you for so many years, but you come before my presence and, and you release it to me and you say, if you can, what do you mean if I can? And then, and then he says something pretty amazing. He says, anything is possible if a person believes. What do you mean if you can? It's possible. If I can, it's possible. So, so, so what are your, some of your situations, huh? What, what are some of your situations? I, I, I need, I need, um, I need what? Or I'm praying for what? I'm praying for what? It's possible. But it's possible. Don't think for once that it's, it's impossible. Anything is actually possible. I love that it says anything because it leaves nothing out. Anything is possible. I could heal your son from demon possession. And not only that, don't ask me if you can. Anything is possible. I'm going to prove it to you. In a little while, I'm going to raise up my boy Lazarus from the dead. So, so I could heal the demon possession, but you're going to see. I'm going to make a man that's been dead for four days, I'm going to make him come back out of his tomb. And I'm going to take all the mummification out of him. And I'm going to present him to the crowd and show him that, that anything is possible. I could do it. It's possible. And, and, and if you get the revelation of what this passage is saying, it's saying it's possible because I'm in it. It's possible because I'm involved. You know, when, when Mary was, was being presented by the angel of God, and, and the angel of God tells Mary, hey, um, you're going to be pregnant, okay? And um, I know this is going to be hard for you to understand, but you're going to be pregnant with the Messiah. You know, hundreds of years, and I mean... You've been hearing about this Messiah that is to come. Well, guess what? It's going to come from you. I mean, just think about that for a moment. Like, 
That's, that's big news. And, and, and not only that, but the forerunner, your, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant too with, with, with John the Baptist, who's going to be the forerunner. But, but Mary, I just want you to know that by this time you're going to be uh, pregnant. And, um, and she's like, well, I'm not married yet to, uh, to my fiancé. He's like, it's cool because you you're not going to need him. Um, I'm going to, the seed is going to just kind of come into you and, and, and you're going you're gonna to be presented with this and, and you're going to have to carry this and, and birth it and, and, and the Messiah is going to come from, from your womb. And, and you could just imagine that because in her mind, it's, it's well, I need to get married. Well, I'm a virgin. Well, well that's impossible. But, but I love that, that right when this revelation is given to her, there's a phrase that is said to her, which is also said to her fiancé, and it's this, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And he has to drop that in her heart. I love that in Matthew chapter 19, there's a rich young ruler that comes up to Jesus. And he says, what do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus is like, oh, dope, watch this. This is everything you got to do. So he tells him a bunch of stuff, and the rich young ruler says, I've done all that. I've kept all the commandments of God. I'm, 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 I'm faithful to this kind of stuff. And he says, good, you sure are. But you know what you need to do? You need to sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and then you follow, you follow me. Then you come and serve me. And, and the Bible says that the rich young ruler, he walked away sorrowful. You guys, I don't know if you ever heard that story, but you can find it in Matthew chapter 19. So he walks away filled with sorrow, and the disciples are there. This is a true story. Watch what happens next. Jesus looks at his disciples. He says, I'm telling you something right now. It's, very, it's, it's so hard for, for, for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And one of the disciples finds it in his heart to say, what did you just say? I'll read it for you. Verse 23 says, then Jesus says to his disciples, I say to you that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when one of his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished. I'm thinking it's Peter. And he says, who then can be saved? If this man can be saved, then, then tell us who can be saved. And Jesus looked at his disciples and he said to them, hey, with men, with men, this is impossible. With men, salvation is impossible. But, but with God, all things are possible. So, so when you're confronted with the impossible, what he's relating to them is, remember that with me, all things are possible. You know, I, I look at the word impossible. Just, just catch this for a moment. The word impossible. Impossible. Say that word impossible. impossible. Yeah, say it one more time. Impossible. impossible. Yeah, with, with men, this is what? Impossible. But with God, all things are what? Impossible. 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 But, but there's something cool about that word impossible as I was reading it and I kept reading it and I kept reading it. I said impossible. It's cool that, that, I, that I could rejoice that my God is in the midst of my impossible. Amen. And I love that when I look at the word impossible, it could always serve as a reminder to me to not look at the word anymore as impossible. To look at the word now as, no, no, impossible. Like, Rigo, look at the word now as, as I am possible. What? So, so I started to look at the word impossible, and, and they'll put it up on the screen for a moment. And, um, and, and here you have impossible, I am possible, I'm possible. So, so it's almost the mindset of whenever, whenever, whenever God calls us to something or for something or in something, and we look at it as impossible, and we use the phrase impossible, but maybe God is trying to transform our faith and transform the way we think, and that we start looking at it and say, no, 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 <laughs> this is an I am possible moment. This is an I am possible. Hey, 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 come with me. We got to go pray for this sick person over here that they say he only has two days to live. But, but if we run to that sick person with the mentality of, oh, man, this is, this is impossible. We're going to get, God, you better do something and heal someone. Heal this person be, before I get there because, because if not, this is going to look really bad. And, and if we're already running to that with that faith, I mean, I mean really, it's, it's already an impossible situation. But if whatever we go through in life and whatever uh, uh, comes before us in life, and we could look at it as not just necessarily impossible, but look at it as, man, everything and anything that I face, I could go through it with the I am because the I am is possible in all things that I confront. I, I want to share a story with you real quick because there is a man that, that goes through that. And, and before I share this, I, Smith Wigglesworth, I love reading some of his, his devotionals and his writings. He says this, there is nothing impossible with God. All the impossibility is with us when we measure God by the limitations of our unbelief. Yeah. See, with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, all things are possible. Because we see here that the I am is in the impossible to, to what? To grow my faith, to show that in, in him it's possible, that in him that he could be glorified. 
And I could change the way I talk from, from it's impossible to possible. So, so those, those, those examples that I gave you earlier, ready? It's impossible for me to get married. No, it's possible for me to get married. It's possible for me to have children. It's possible for me to get that job. It's possible to be used by God. It's possible to be set free from constant addiction. It's, it's possible for the sick to be healed. How about if we start to change what, what we've customed in our mind to think and start to look at it as, no, no, this is possible in God. This is possible. It, it can happen. It can happen. And Smith Wigglesworth says, truth is nothing is impossible. You know, I, I think about feeding the 5,000. That's impossible. And, 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 and God, Jesus knew it was impossible. So Jesus says, hey, there's a big crowd here. We need to feed them. And the other side was like, yep, I don't know how that's going to happen. And he says, Philip, this is what I want you to do, Philip. I want you to go and buy some bread. And he says, um, Lord, have you seen the crowd? There is not enough money here. Not even a half year's of wages will be able to pay for the meal that all these people will eat. You don't, you don't think Jesus knew that, that answer already? He did. But you see, he called on Philip and he called them disciples. And he says, how much money? Go, go and get some food. And, and, and they said, it would take more than a half year's wages. But you know on two encounters, the 5,000, the 4,000, it happened, and it happened because it's possible. I, I love that, that he does that because, because this is what I believe in, ready? I, I believe that he threw that to the disciples and he threw that to Philip because watch this. Philip, we have an impossible situation. The people need to eat here. Lord, it, it's impossible. But we don't have nothing. This is all we have. And then they find the boy with five loaves of, fish, uh, uh, f- five loaves of bread and two fish. But you see, how about if this? How about if God was calling the disciples... Just to walk and take steps of obedience. And, and, and in taking steps of obedience, they will be met with the hand of provision. If you just step in obedience, you will see that my hand of possibility will wait for you. And I will provide that which, which you think it's impossible. And, and many times I will call you to things that seem impossible. But if you just take the obedience and the steps of faith to walk in it, you'll see that in the other side of it, my hand of provision will meet you. And the impossible will become possible. And next thing you know, Philip looks and the other boys look and they said, Lord, there's a boy with five uh, loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus says, that's all I need. 5,000 to 4,000 was very impossible, but it, it happened because, because it's possible. I love, I love when the water had to be turned into wine. Jesus hadn't started his ministry yet, and, 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 and he's at a wedding party with his mom, and, and there was no more wine, and that's a big no-no for weddings. And, and mom comes up to Jesus and says, look, we have a problem. They, they ran out of wine, and she's like, mama, you know it's not time yet. I, I kind of want to refrain from this. I'm just here with the, with the boys and with you to enjoy uh, this. And he says, whatever he says, just go ahead and do. And when he, he transforms the water into wine, the, the, the master of the feast takes a sip of it, and he says, I'm so confused. Because normally at these feasts, the, the best wine is served first, and when everyone's well drunk then we serve the lesser wine at the end but you've served the best wine for the last and what seemed like an impossible situation God the possible was in it and he made it possible because it's possible that he could take water and change it into wine it's possible there was a woman with a flow of blood and the Bible says that this woman for 12 years had this flow of blood, this discharge that was coming out of her. She suffered much from many physicians and she had spent all that she had and she would not get better but she continued to grow worse. 12 years and she would waste her money and they would make her worse. Kind of speaks about our, a lot of our systems today. And after touching Christ in the hem of his garments, he looks and he feels power leave, her, leave him and he says, daughter, and he says a phrase to her. He says, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. I want you to see this. Doctors and money and people tried to heal her and her state was impossible. But she ran into God and her impossible became possible. I mean, I think about Peter late at night. Jesus says, go in the boat. And other disciples go out on the boat. He goes to the mountain to pray. When he comes back, they're in a storm and they're all worried we're going to die today. And he starts to walk on water and they're freaking out. It's a ghost. It's a spiritual being. And they're going to come and attack us. And, and as they look at this spiritual being, oh my God, it's a ghost. It's a spirit. He's coming to us. The Lord looks at him and says, it's me. Have peace. Relax. And we know the rest of the story, right? Peter jumps out of the boat. He starts to walk on water. Amazing. And out of nowhere, the wind comes, the waves come, and he begins to sink, right? What do you think the disciples were doing? They all had jealousy with one another. If you look at them closely, they were all competing. They all wanted to be better than each other. I believe this, that when he was sinking, some of the disciples were like, you idiot. You thought you could actually do it. I mean, you did good for a couple moments, but, but you dummy, you know, you're drowning. And, but, but you know what's crazy? We always 
look at Peter and he sunk. And we always preach about how Peter sunk because he lacked faith. And Peter sunk. And, 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 and Peter didn't make it all the way. And, and, and look at how Peter's bad. But, but have you ever thought about this? I believe that Peter walked again on water. I really do. I don't believe Peter walked on water one time. I actually believe he walked on water two times. Because the Bible says next that, that Jesus stretched out his hands and he picked them up and they walked into the boat. So, so what I think what happened was this. I think Peter sank and I think Jesus was going to use that as an example for all the other disciples and for Peter. You fool, you sunk, you can't do it. And as they're mocking him, they look and say, okay, God's, Jesus is grabbing him. Oh, he's picking him up. Oh, they're walking towards us. And, and you could almost see how their words and their mockery, they had to swallow it now. But, but this is funny because maybe what Jesus was teaching them is, is you, you lacked faith for a moment. The, the, the hardships came and, and you sank. But did you recognize that in me, when you walk with me and I walk with you, that even walking on these things, it's possible. If the I am with, is with you, whatever is impossible, know that in me, I am possible what is it that you carry what is it that you hold what is it that's impossible say that to yourself today it's possible if I walk with God he picks them up and I believe they walk again it happened because it's possible he walked back into that boat and he walked with Jesus and then raising Lazarus like I said from the dead and as I get ready to close in a few minutes, I'll share one more thing and, and then we'll close so the team will start coming up here. But, but I want you to remember Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus is dead. And, and who does this? And I've preached this here before. Who finds out that their good friend is, is, is dead? And they said, Jesus, your, your boy Lazarus is dead. Your good friend's dead. And he says, oh, that's, that's horrible news. He goes, should we, should we head back and, and go visit the family? And he says, no, let's, um, let's stay here for two more days. Who does that? Doesn't make sense. If you find out he's, he's dying and he's not going to make it, why would you wait two more days? Well, he ends up showing up four days later. Lazarus is in a tomb for four days. And when he shows up there, I want to read this. Lazarus's sister, she comes up to Jesus and, and she says, But Lord, Martha says, by this time there's, there's bad order. He's been there for four days. If you remember, there was another point that they ran up to him and said, Lord, if you would have just been here, he would have been alive. <laughs> so Jesus shows up to the tomb. Martha's complaining, if you would have been here, he'd be alive. There's bad order. What are you doing? Why are you telling them to roll, down the, roll away the stone? Why are you mocking our family? Why would you do this? And Jesus said, look what he tells Martha. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So he took away the stone and Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me and I knew that you always hear me. And I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they might believe that you sent me. Lazarus, come forth. There was a rumbling going on. There was some movement in the cave. And a man, a man dressed with yarn and caught in all over him this special material that they would mummify Jesus says take it off him and he becomes alive Lazarus was impossible to live again it's impossible but, but it happened because Jesus was in it and with the I am it's, it's always possible I, I love when I love when that when that one person went up to Jesus and they said Lord my, my son is about to die with high fever. We don't have medicine. We don't have Tylenol. There's nothing that could cure him. It's just impossible. You know, at the end of that story, he even tells Jesus, I believe, but help my own belief. Like, I believe that you can do it, but yet I don't even believe it for myself. I know that that's where some of us are. I, I believe you could do these things because the Bible teaches us, and I've seen it in certain areas of my life, and I've seen it in other people's lives, but... But Lord, though I believe in you and in it, I still struggle with unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. So, so Jesus looks at that and the boy that's dying in the house, he, long story short, he heals him. He heals him. You know, I was, I was talking to a team yesterday and I said, well, I want us to change our mindset every day of our lives, not just because you're gonna go to Honduras and serve God in another country. 
but I want us to have a mindset that, that it's possible whatever we face and whatever we do. That, that like Jesus as this, we might be in a medical, assisting people medically and someone might be running from another village and they could tap on one of us and they could say, I need assistance, I need help. My daughter is sick at home and we'd have no money and she's dying. I, I want us to say, there's no way in heaven that, that God brought us all the way over here from Miami to have no faith to believe that, that that's possible over there. That, that if that lady came from another village and tapped me and said, I need you to run with me, that I could say, come on, run with us because we have a situation where I am possible is about to happen. Because it's very easy to look at things that are beyond our reach, things that are supernatural and say, well, that can never happen, right? But the God that we serve works in, in the most rarest and supernatural and uncommon ways. And, and he's able to do things like water into wine and dead people live again and, and, and addictions be set free. And, and I mean, I just named some, uh, a discharge of blood for 12 years finally stopped. I mean, I could just think about it. Maybe you're here and, and can I be honest with you? Maybe you're like, well, well, it's impossible for me. And, and I truly believe this, that as I say some of this stuff, some of you are laughing inside of your heart. Some of you are laughing at me and at the word of God. You're laughing at God and that's okay. Just a little bit lower. But, but what's beautiful is this is this Genesis 18 three men show up to, to Abraham and um, Abraham sees them and falls in his face and he says my Lord wait right here in this tree and I'm going to go make some food and some drinks and I'm going to bring it to you just stay here and, and when you read that scripture you get to see that it's Yahweh one of those men is Yahweh one of those men is, is, is the true God Yahweh presents himself in the physical before Abraham. That's crazy. And there's two other spiritual beings that are there from heaven that come with Yahweh to visit Abraham. You know how I know that? Because later on in that same chapter, it says that Moses spoke to Yahweh about Sodom and Gomorrah. And Yahweh said, what are we going to do with Sodom and Gomorrah? And Moses starts to say, wait a minute, Lord. If there's 50 that are righteous, Lord, wait, if there's, if there's 10 that are righteous, Lord, wait, if there's... He's having a conversation with Yahweh, with the God of all gods. And, and God comes up to him and says, Moses, I, I know you have a son from Hagar, Ishmael, but I promised you a son of promise. By this time next year, listen to this, Sarah, she's going to be pregnant. You guys heard that? Sarah was listening. She was on the other side of the tent. And the Bible says she began to laugh. You know what God, Yahweh, what he tells Moses, um, Abraham, why is your wife laughing? Abraham says, baby, are you laughing? And she's like, no, no, read it. No, 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 I'm not laughing. She makes up this great excuse. See, what she heard was impossible because she's 99 years old. Her facilities don't function. She doesn't have her menstrual cycle the way it is, so it's, it's very difficult for her to get pregnant. But yet Yahweh shows up with other angelic beings and says, by this time next year, the son of promise, Isaac, is coming forth from your wife. And she begins to laugh. And I believe that as I was sharing some impossible stories, maybe some of you are laughing inside, but God looks at you and he says exactly what he says in verse 14. He shows up to, I think we'll have it up here. And he says this, is anything too hard for the Lord why are you laughing you think that's too hard for me man Sarah had to swallow her laughs because that time next year she was giving birth to Isaac who would give birth to Jacob who would be changed to Israel who would have 12 sons and they would plant the nation of Israel and spread them throughout all the land to start God's plan for Israel and for the New Testament writings what, what I'm telling you is, is she laughed and God confronted her, is, is anything impossible? Is this too hard for me? And I want you to see that because I feel like sometimes when we believe it for ourselves, we laugh. But I love that Jeremiah in his crazy life, 
In chapter 32, 17, study the life of Jeremiah. My God, did he have trial and mountains and obstacle after obstacle of impossibilities. But he comes to the end of his life and he says, Oh, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Look what he says next. Same words that God tells Sarah. Nothing is too hard for you. It's possible. It, there is nothing impossible to God. All the impossibility is with us when we measure God by the limitations of our unbelief. Can you stand with me? Maybe, maybe you're here today and, and there's that impossible. I'm going to do something very different. I do this sometimes in the 930 huddle. So I'm really going to make, make us uncomfortable because I don't know, I feel like God is leading me to do this, but, but I believe that there's, maybe every single one of us has something in our lives that seems impossible, that seems too hard to bear. A struggle that's too much and a mountain that's too high and too deep. And today God is reminding you, remember who you serve, remember who you stand before, it's, it's possible in me. I want the, the worship team to minister for a few minutes. And as they minister, I'm going to do something brave and, and I want to see if, how you react to it. But we're going to have a prayer service now. I know this is uncommon. I know this is not the ritual of how we do things here at church. But I'm going to shatter whatever we do here traditionally. And what I want you to do today is get with someone. Maybe there's an odd group that you can't find someone. For some of you, it's very easy. You have a wife, a spouse, a child, a, a good friend next to you. I would challenge you today to get with someone that you're not accustomed to talking to. Maybe you don't even know that person. And just walk around and find someone. And as they sing, this is how we're going to end the service. I want you to find someone and I want you to pray and I want you to say, hey, I need, I need you to pray for this thing in my life. This is the impossible. I need strength in this area. And you go back to them and say, well, this is my situation and my impossible. And today we want to believe that it's possible in God. And can we just strengthen each other? Can we pray for one another? And find someone there that you could pray with. Find someone there that you could lift up their arms. And as the worship team plays, just don't get caught just being there, just standing there. Very rare, very different. Non-traditional. But get with someone now. Let's have a time of prayer for one another. And say, I'm going to pray for your impossible. And I'm going to believe that in God, anything is possible if you believe. So, so, so as the team begins to worship, go ahead and find someone. Start praying for them. Intercede for them. And say, hey, I might not know you. Seems kind of awkward. But, but what can I pray for specifically? And we're going to believe that this God of possibility is able to make your impossible possible. And He's going to be able to restore your heart, restore your mind. He's going to be able to give you faith again and grace again. And, and today you needed to be here. You need someone to pray for you. You needed to hear this word of encouragement that, that come on, man, keep going. It's possible. God hasn't forgotten you. You could change your vocabulary. You could change your mindset. Let it erupt in your soul that all things are possible. So go ahead and, and spend some time in prayer as we worship the Lord for a few minutes. Go ahead and seek it. Seek God's presence for each other.